pink whale, and that's Garage. <laughs> Well, hello again, Pinkies. This is a garage episode today because I'm going to talk about automatic locking door buttons. And I'm going to talk about my awesome truck. And I'm going to bore you with my wood (laughs) piling routine. Okay, what's this truck doing? I've got to put it into the trailer tow tow haul mode I got about 15 to 2,000 1,500 to 2,000 pounds of uh, <clears throat> uh, wood in my truck what's happening shift fourth gear fourth gear 1800 rpms my big old diesel at 80 kilometers an hour just like 50 miles an hour take fifth gear so, pinkies, <clears throat> I have to tell you about the windstorm, too. We had a bit of a windstorm. Now, you know, I park one of my vehicles in uh, this fabric shed that I have. It's like a mylar sort of a canvas type of a thing. And uh, it, it does have four sides. You can. It has a little closing flap but I don't use the closing flap so it only has three sides currently and it's a little uh, it's like a a aluminum tube frame construction with a peaked roof it's about seven feet high and I can barely squeeze my truck into it but right now the the Dorian Gray lives in the little fabric shed and I I did um, screw it into the ground like I anchored it with some they're basically uh, pretty heavy-duty tent pegs, really. Um, except the dirt is weird there. It's all very rocky. Anyway, we had some serious wind going through, and it lifted up. It didn't really lift, but it moved my fabric shed about 8 or 10 feet so that the car was no longer under the shed. It was now <laughs> out in the open, and the shed had moved. Um, so I had to fix that and I had pulled all my wires because I have electrical running to it there to to be able to power my uh, battery tender and my little air heating system that I have inside the car to keep the uh, keep the interior dry reduce humidity so that was that little adventure so Um, I decided that I would start dismantling that shed anyway because I am going to have to take it away with me when I move. So I took off the third third, uh, section, the back end. And uh, so now it's just an, an open breezeway with a cover over top of it. But today I'm on my way to the uh, new house with a load of wood. And let me tell you about this wood gathering that I've been doing. Now, I, this wood is coming from a, a large woodshed. Uh, it's probably 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. And it's, it was almost stacked to full with wood. Um, and I've been harvesting wood out of this thing. And really, I've been trying to get the biggest pieces I can possibly get. So 
I've, I've pretty much got all my big pieces. But when I load my truck, I'm, it's like I'm, I have to move these piles of wood two times because I, I'm very picky. I pick and choose the best wood. I don't want no bug-infested wood or wood that's got, you know, that's been de- deteriorated and turned into moss and sawdust which there's a few um, so I've been very particular about what uh, which wood I'm getting so I'm picking and choosing these woods but then when I get it down to and then I got a I load it into a wheelbarrow and then I got to roll it about 200 meters down to my truck and put it into my truck and uh, so in order to maximize my cargo, I like to get the just the right piece for the right size. So I'll tend to grab these really huge pieces and then I fill in the gaps with the tinier pieces. So I'm constantly picking and choosing which, um, which pieces I want um, so that I can, so I can get in more. I don't want to see any gaps in my piles because a gap is a space that is unused. <laughs> so we want to maximize the, the the cargo capacity as much as possible. So it takes me a long time. It takes me about two hours to load, maybe two and a half to load my truck because I'm very picky about what pieces I want. So I go for a big one and a few little ones and I put the big one in and I pile the little ones around it and I do this again and I, okay, now I need a piece that's only like a foot, a foot diameter uh, so it can go there and it's kind of fun loading this truck. It reminds me of all those days of loading the band bus with all the gear, all the big, you got the big amps and the gigantic boxes with all the electrical equipment the wires and cables and and all that crap it was a real challenge loading the band bus getting all our stuff into the band bus just like moving like trying to cram all your all your household belongings into the trailer your u-haul so the other consequence of me like picking and choosing all this wood is um it's a lot of dust and grime and it's right now is the allergy season and I spent all day yesterday loading wood or half the day loading wood but I'm you know I'm moving pieces and discarding the garbage pieces and sort of like brushing off the the detritus all the sawdust or whatever off of these things and I just got the worst sinus reaction to to all this garbage that has been flying all around in my face. So now I'm really hurting. Uh, my sinuses are just on fire, like a spike being driven into your brain. It's very painful today. So I'm going to go and get some antihistamine. I have no antihistamines in my house. Um, so i got to go stop at the... the the corner grocery store and pay twice the amount for some antihistamines before I go back to unloading this wood at the new house. So there's that. So I just have to say how impressed I am with this truck and its ability to carry all this weight. I just love this truck and I've been driving my trailer around in the last couple of months and I just love this truck. This diesel, this dumb diesel truck that 
individual just runs and doesn't care what you're pulling, has the same sort of amount of acceleration and control and fuel burn, whether you're hauling 2,000 pounds of wood or 10,000 or 12,000 pounds of trailer. So I just have to say, I'm so happy that I bought this Ram diesel because uh, I've really been using it putting it to good use and it's been performing so nicely and just to follow up on my uh, thermostat replacement no issues everything's fine no leaks no trouble we're running at proper temperatures uh, once again no error messages no check engine lights or anything like that so that's all going great um, now to the uh, to the other car topic today is that that Peter G from formerly from the Lotzel podcast emailed me a question about his door locks and his door locks have been unreliable recently. He has a somewhere what is it a 2007 possibly Nissan Versa. This is a small. A small sort of a hatchback car, four door with the with the big hatchback at the back on the back end, and uh, this is a, his car is particularly nicely optioned up. So he has automatic door locks on his when you you know you press the button, and the door lock is the the door is supposed to unlock or lock, and you press it twice, it drive all the doors unlock or lock, and so. Apparently, he's been having trouble with when he presses the button, nothing happens. And this can occur both on his driver's side door and on his passenger side door, where the door button become, is unreliable. Now, this car is 12 years old. Um, so, there's a couple of things that might be occurring here. One is that the buttons are not actually working. Uh, or... There's also these actuators in the door, down at the door lock, where the door latches in. Um, there are these uh, the actuators that actually perform the function of locking the door and popping the little visual uh, button that you usually have um, to show you that the door is locked. Not all cars have this, but most cars have this little button that you can grab in an emergency and yard on this button to unlock the door if you need to get out. Um, not all cars have that though, so you may not have that visual, physical uh, knob that pops up and down or slides backwards and forwards at the door latch or whatever. So there's a slim possibility that the actuators in, in Peter's doors are not working properly. So I emailed him. I asked him to test a couple of things. I wanted him to make sure that when, when he does press the button, uh, that all of the doors are, all of the locks are actually locking, and that not one lock is not functioning. Um, and if if it if that is the case, if when he presses the button and the button works, which is intermittent, he can press it and it won't actually work. But when he does press it and it does do something. I encouraged him to check that every door actually activates and that the door does, every door actually locks or unlocks. If one of the doors is not unlocking when all the other doors are unlocking, then it could indicate that the actuator in the door 
is not actually working. But I believe the problem is that that Peter G's buttons have worn out from overuse or regular use. And uh, uh, the button just needs to be replaced. So replacing these buttons, it's not the most difficult thing in, in the world to do. Many of these buttons will pop right out of the door without having to remove the door panel. You just need a little body panel um, pry tool and uh, you may be able to pop that button out and then uh, <clears throat> go to your, your Nissan dealer and tell them you want this button. You could, you could bring the one with you if you have it. If you're not the type of person who is interested in taking apart door panels or door buttons, um, then you would want to take it to... I would encourage you taking it to a body shop because the body shop, the auto body repair where they paint and fix dents and that kind of a thing, they're going to be much more conversant in the in the con, how the door panels come off because uh, they may need to actually remove the interior panel of the door to get to the back side of that panel to remove that uh, button and then replace it with a new button. Now, depending on these buttons, if you have a, a button matrix that has a lot of different buttons on it, it could be expensive to replace this button panel. My, I in this truck I'm driving, I my window button. I have four window buttons, a couple of door, two door lock buttons, three mirror buttons, and a and a multi switch there, like a rocker switch to make the mirrors move. So that's the, what do we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's 10 buttons in my little uh, door panel uh, setup. So that's going to be a fairly expensive button panel to replace. Um, but if your button only has, your little matrix only has one or two buttons on it, it should be much less expensive. I would think you would be able to replace that for I would say, uh, you know, seventy-five to a hundred dollars for a for a more complicated button, and on the passenger side, being only one button, that thing should be about fifty dollars. So that's uh, that's Peter G's question, and I am at my destination, so I am gonna log off for now. Thank you for listening. This show is part of the Pride Forty Eight Network of LGBT and LGBTQ friendly podcasts. You can find out more podcasts at pride48.com. I am the Faye Driver. You can email me at podcast at pinkwheelnuts.com if you have a question about your car. Until then, have a good day and I will see you or hear you or yak at you some other time. Bye.